We sing a song by Daryl Evans. Daryl wrote a song many years ago, and it goes like this. Let the poor man say, I am rich again. Let the lost man say, I am found again. Let the river flow. Let the blind man say, I can see again. Let the say, I am born again. Let the river flow. With all of us here today, what a wonderful congregation today. Thank you for coming. Our guests and members alike attend regularly. But thank you for being here. Can you imagine if that river, the Holy Spirit River, started flowing from every one of us? Can you imagine what would happen in our communities, in our city? We have an outline for everyone, and I hope you have one. If you do not, there's a table back next to the sound booth. Please go back. Feel free to get up and go back and pick you up one. I want you to have an outline because I just love people having an outline. It's a whole lot. You, you remember a whole lot more of what you read than simply of what you hear. We don't give them out. We usually give them out, but, of course, we, we don't do that right now. Introduction. Throughout the New Testament, water was for drinking is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit of God that comes to the sinner and shows him his need of salvation. John tells us about that. It is the Holy Spirit that applies the Word of God in conviction. How many of you know you can't be saved without convicting power of the Holy Spirit? Amen? It is the Spirit that baptizes a new believer into the body of Christ. It is the Spirit that seals that believer, Ephesians tells us. It is the Spirit of God that fills the believer and uses him for the glory of God. This is chapter 5, verse 8. We're talking about the filling of the Holy Spirit. First of all, there must be the receiving of the Spirit. Now, when a person is born again, uh, this, this is so simple to me, but so many people miss this. When a person is born again, they receive the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of sonship. Say sonship. Sonship. When a person is born again, he, she, receives the Spirit of God. In fact, Jesus uses, the New Testament uses that as a fountain, a well. And that's found in, in St. John 4, 14. And that talks about a well or a fountain. And that is when a person is born again. Then a person receives a baptism, is baptized into the Holy Spirit. Not anymore. You don't receive any more spirit. What happens when he comes, he comes in, when you're born again, he flows out when you're filled with the Spirit. Amen? Doesn't mean you're not effective if you're not baptized. You are. You can be. But the Bible says in St. John, love these two. These are three of my favorite, favorite verses in the entire Bible. John chapter 7, verses 37, 38, and 39. Listen at it. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone, what? Thirst. Are you thirsty? There's a song we used to sing years ago. Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people. Come and dine. With his manna he doth feed and supplies our every need. Oh, tis sweet to sup with Jesus all the time. Have you supped with him this week? 
Have you allowed him to put his feet under your table? Have you invited him and said, hey, Lord, I want to eat with you? Come and dine. The master called it to come and dine. I love this last verse. The disciples came to land, thus obeying Christ's command, for the, for the master called unto them. Come and. See, when after the resurrection, Jesus was cooking seizure. Isn't that nice? You love the beach? You love to, you love to go down on the sand? And, and ha, how about having a meal down there? Well, how about coming in uh, from, from a trip out on the ocean or the water, and you come in, and someone's got a wonderful meal. On the seashore. And these disciples were so discouraged because they didn't understand why Jesus had to die. But he rose again, and here he is on the seashore. Amen. And he, he says, Come on and dine with me, guys. Can you imagine how they felt? I don't know what he was cooking. My wife is one of the best cooks in the world. I don't know what he was cooking, but I got a feeling it tasted really, really good. Come and dine. The master calls, come and dine. And Jesus said, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, verse 38, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, the King James says there, out of his belly would flow rivers of living water. Now what is he talking about? What is he talking about? Out of his heart shall flow rivers. Well, he explains it. He gives an explanation in verse 39. Watch it. But he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. When was he glorified? After the resurrection. When was the Holy Spirit given? After the resurrection, they went up in the upper room and they received the spirit of God. Amen? Hallelujah. And this is what he's talking about. He knew what was going to happen. He prophesied what was going to happen. But you know, we can't be a Galilee uh, outpouring of, a, uh, uh, of the Spirit of God. The Spirit can't flow out of us unless He's first of all in us. We must receive the Spirit. And He's knocking. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will what? Open that door. I will come in and sup with it. You know, that, I looked up that word. It's like having a filet mignon. I can see your mouth is already watering this morning. I'm talking a lot about food. But it's important. Jesus said, I want to come in. So the Holy Spirit comes in. Receiving the Spirit of, of the Lord. The water of life must, first of all, be in us for our own salvation before it can flow out of us for others' good. Look at number two. Five examples of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to go through this. I put the, <clears throat> the scriptures here. There is no less, and this is undeniable, scripturally, sound doctrinally, there is no denying that there, it, it were, there were five, at least five places in the book of Acts where people received, after they'd been saved, most of the time, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And almost every time they spoke in tongues. And then it indicated that something like that happened. And I've got, I have that listed there. And I want you to take out time this week to study that. Get you a hot cup of tea or coffee or 
iced tea or whatever. Get you something and go sit down, open your Bible, and look at every one of these scriptures. Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 9, Acts 10, and in Acts chapter 19. Every one of these. It talks about receiving what I'm talking about here. And you know what? Don't tell nobody. But it didn't stop with the early apostles. It didn't stop with the early church. It's still for us today. It's a, he's alive. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's alive. So we must first of all receive this. And then it must flow out. And I talked to you, told you about the Dead Sea. Why well, We don't want to be a Dead Sea. We want the Holy Spirit to flow through us. And he will, the Holy Spirit is not meant to poo inside our hearts, becoming a, like a mosquito infested puddle or pond. Dirty one little boy got excited about the Lord. He was just so excited. And his granddaddy said, wait a minute, son. I, I, I have the spirit, but he says, mine is calm. Mine is still. And there's times we need that calm stillness. And his grandson was out back playing, and he saw this big barrel of water, and it was just as calm as it could be. He put a stick in it and started stirring it. And up comes old dirt, all kind of little crawly thing. And he said, I wonder if this is the kind of steel that my granddad is talking about. And I wonder, my friend, what kind, of, what kind of water do we... It needs to flow. It needs to flow out. Can you say amen? It needs to flow out. The potentially, this potentially makes every Christian extremely influential and powerful. Not just the pastor, not just the elders, not just the leaders in the church, but every individual. The Holy Spirit needs to flow out, flow out from every one of us. When we walk out these doors today, this coming week, we need to, we need to be ready for the Holy Spirit to flow out of us into what he wants to do. And I'll get to that in just a moment. My wife and I, last week, we were in a place of business and I was dealing with a young man, and, and uh, I, got to, I got to always try to find out, if I can, to maneuver in to get, you know, find out if they know Jesus Christ. And Donovan was a young man I was talking to. And uh, I said, Donovan, you have a family? He says, no, I said, Donovan, tell me about your family. He said, I don't have a family. And he looked so forlorn. He, he, he looked so sad. Donovan, you don't have a family? No. Well, I talked to him a little bit more, and uh, I, I left. And during the week, that was the first of last week, and during the week I told Carol, I said, I've got to see him again. I've got to see him again. I kept having that burden for Donovan. And so I got me a... We, we have little nice little cards that we can give out. It tells our services and tells all about us. And I, I got that card and I drove over and I prayed and I said, God, speak to Donovan. So I walked into the place of business and he and two other guys were there. He said, may I help you? And he finally saw who I was. I said, Donovan, 
I brought something to you. And I walked up to him and he smiled. Couldn't hardly tell it. He had a mask on. But I said, Donovan, I handed him that card. And I said, Donovan, I want you to be part of our family. And he acted like, he acted like it made it. I don't know. He may come. I don't know. But I'll tell you what. I planted some seed. And I don't think it'll come up void. God's going to minister to Donovan. Amen. So when we walk out these doors, it needs to flow. Those who are satisfied by Jesus will themselves become channels of spiritual refreshment for others. God, listen to this, God desires to work through us. To work through us. God wants to do some wonderful things. Let me continue with Roman numeral number three. Look at it. The purpose of this outflow. And I love this one. As Christians, the Holy Spirit should flow through our hearts and into the world, touching the hearts of everyone we associate with. This world can be cruel. Where the labels right on. It, it, you know. But I'll tell you, when you start attending church and, and then you're at Wednesday night and then Friday night prayer and the Holy Spirit is moving in all three of those. Friday night prayer was so powerful. We had a, we had a visiting pastor, well-known pastor, pastor of a large church in that city. He called us up and he said, can I come and pray with you on Friday night? Sister Carol used that little Facebook thing, I guess. And, and, and he saw that and he said, can I, may I come? He sat on that front row and he prayed and he and I prayed together and he felt the presence. I guarantee he felt the presence of the Lord and that God moved in this place where the Dan opened it up and, and we just had such a wonderful time. And, and he asked me before we left, he said, can I bring my congregation over here Friday night? I said, you sure can. God's moving. God's blessing. It's time for churches to start pulling together and working together. And I like that. God wants us to be out there blessing people. The indwelling spirit of God and word of God will produce praise to God and edification to other people. Now you say, Brother Don, what does God want me to do? Our mission statement here, transforming lives through life, through, through Christ. I love that. Transforming, real easy. You, can, you say, what's that church about? I'll tell you what it's about. Bethel is about transforming lives through Christ. I like that. Jesus' mission statement, you know what his mission statement was? He let it be known the first sermon he ever preached in Nazareth, he let it be known what his mission statement was. You want me to tell you what it is? Read with me, if you will. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he tells you. First of all, we need God's Spirit upon us. You can't change the world with programs. You can't change the world with just singing and preaching. You can't change the world with large crowds or small crowds. You can't change the world with uh, what a lot of the churches are offering today. And there are a lot of good churches. You change the world through the spirit and anointing of God. If he don't change them, they won't be changed. And he says the spirit. And he, of course, he reads from the book of Isaiah. That scroll he opens. I love this. Wow, can you imagine? Could, can you imagine being there? With the Son of God taking that scroll. 
and looking down, the great writer, Isaiah. And he's sitting there and there, all the eyes are upon him. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Boy, glory to God, hallelujah. That's what the church needs today is for the spirit of the Lord to be upon us because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I sometimes, Carol and I, we love the message. It's a paraphrase of the scripture, and I know that. But you know what he says at the end there? Where it says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It's, he says, this is God's year to act. This is God's year to act. This is God's Sunday to act. This is God's Monday to act. This is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. This is God's time to act. Amen. That's a good place right there to clap your hands. Amen. The spiritual anointing to preach and announce good news. We hear enough bad. Turn off the television and start talking good news. You can't hardly talk good news when you listen to all that junk that's on television. Amen? To announce, that's what he says. To announce it. I'm going to tell it. I want to tell you some good news. One of the greatest things you can do to get the gospel to the lost is tell your story. Tell your story. I hear churches that knew Junius, and thank you, Brother Larry, that knew Junius, my brother, he was an alcoholic most of his life. Mama prayed for him, Mama prayed for him. She died, he was still an alcoholic. I'd go get him off the side of the road, out of jail. He couldn't kick that drink. He was bound. But one day, he walked down that aisle, knelt right down there, gave his heart to Jesus. He never touched another drop of drink, alcohol. Never did. God delivered my brother. He had one of the greatest testimonies. I used to tell people, Junius was a good boy. I used to tell him he was a better drunk than I was a preacher. You know, he just, even when he was drunk, he had a good spirit about him. He loved people. And you can take that statement with a tongue-in-cheek statement. He said, I don't have a story to tell. Oh, yes, you do. I, I remember walking down in Sampson County, Butler Hill Church. Free will holding his church is what it was. I remember two ladies was preaching that revival. And one lady that night was preaching. She opened that. She finished preaching. I don't know what she preached. I don't know who she was. But I know one thing. At nine years old, I walked down that aisle, knelt down in that altar. Jesus Christ washed away everything. I felt like the, the biggest criminal in the world. At nine years old. But that old burden lifted. 
Jesus took his hand and reached in there and lifted me up. The Holy Spirit came on the inside. Jesus Christ saved my soul, delivered me from sin. And there's nothing like it, folks. Let me tell you, there is nothing like being born again. Preach the good news. Said, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now, you can't heal the brokenhearted unless you spend some time with the brokenhearted. You got to know them. You got to know people that hurt. Be willing. Say, I'm willing to take time. I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to buy someone a meal. I'm willing to do whatever I can to reach out and touch hurting people. Not only that, but he sent me to heal brokenhearted. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives. Tell them about the freedom power of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something good. Tell them your story. Tell them what God did for you. That's one thing they cannot get around. They can argue about the Bible and all that, but they cannot deny it. Listen, a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. And when you tell them your experience, it will change, hopefully, people's lives. Recovery of sight to the blind, those that blind. I don't know, I don't know what's happened to people's thinking today. I, I can't imagine... I, I can imagine why burning property, vandalizing, breaking into places, I, I can't imagine why that's okay. Now, don't get mad at me. I'm not going to get that far out politically, but I'm just telling you. I don't know where people are coming from today. I don't know where sinners are coming from. I don't know where the world's coming from. Listen, we need to let them know the truth. They're blinded. People are so, we need to pray, God, open their eyes that they might see. And then number six, release the oppression. Literally, literally what that means, it means to send forth the ones having been oppressed into freedom. Come and play for me, Brother Matt. I'll tell you what. Andre Crouch, I know he's dead, but he would have been proud of you singing that song. What did you sing? <laughs> the blood will never lose its power. Would you like to hear that one again? Wasn't that a good one? I prayed this week as I began to study this sermon. I said, Lord, what would you like for me to do at the end of the message? I mean, there are people that are bound. I don't know some of you. I don't even, if I, if, if I know you, I don't know where you are in your walk with God. And if you're here today, two major things I wanted to pray for. I want to pray against the spirit of fear. Some of you are struggling with fear. Number two, I want to pray for those that are struggling with anger. Most everyone in this church know how I dealt with anger much of my life. 
when God set me free. Do I still get angry? Yeah. Does it control me? No. There's a difference. I want to pray for those that's dealing with fear. Those that's dealing with anger. Now this may seem odd, but don't get, don't get upset with me. I want to pray for those that's having a problem with their diet. You may say, you want to pray for that? Yeah. Yeah. But whatever your need is, I want you to believe God. God's going to touch you today. God's going to minister to you. But especially those three things. But others, if you're here today, you don't have Christ. Don't know him as your Savior. I trust that you'll know him before you leave. You that are listening as we stream today, if you're there and you don't know Christ, all you need to do is ask him to forgive you of your sins. Pray a prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I'm sorry of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I repent of all of my sins. And then this, I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior to live for him the rest of my life. If you do that, or if you've done that, or if you'll do that, I want you to let me know. Contact me. Contact this church. And, and let us know. I have a little book I'd like to give. Whatever new convert should know. I want to give that to you. Stand with me, if you will. Sing it, Brother Matt.